Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like to get a biblical viewpoint or biblical perspective on. Uh, maybe there's something you're going through or something that's going on in the world, and you wonder, how does the Bible speak to this? Or maybe there's a theological question you have, something you've always wondered about or, or worried about, maybe something in your Bible reading that's come up that you, you've always kind of struggled to understand, and you've wondered, where, who can I ask you know, to get that question answered? or to see if I'm right on this issue. This is a great opportunity for that. We have this show every weekday. For one hour, we have uh, the phone lines open, and we're able to take your questions about the Bible and theology and life from a biblical perspective here on this show. So we'd love to hear from you, and we'd also love for you to call in with your prayer requests. We want to pray for you, and there's a whole bunch of people listening right now in their cars and their offices and other places, and they are able to join in together with us and lift up your prayer requests to the Lord, which is an amazing thing. So we encourage you to take advantage of it. Call us with your prayer requests along with your questions. The number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. You can also text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897 for the text line. I want to welcome those of you who are listening here in Colorado and up into southern Wyoming on Grace FM. You're hearing the show live today. It is Tuesday, June 22nd, and it's so good to be with you on this beautiful, sunny Colorado day. Uh, we also want to welcome those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program. To those of you on Hope FM and Truth FM, just a small disclaimer, or just a small heads up for you on Truth FM and Hope FM that you hear the program on a one-week delay. So just be aware of that, and that, that might also give some light to maybe sometimes we talk about things, and you can say, oh, this sounds like something that happened last week. In some cases, that's the case. And so we would love for you to still be part of the show. Call us with your questions about the Bible. Call us with your prayer requests. And then you actually have a unique opportunity in that way. And that is that you know exactly when your show will be airing one week after your call. And that gives you one week's time to tell people locally, your friends, your family members, coworkers, hey, I'm going to be on the radio at this time. Get, you, know, you should tune in and listen. And maybe that's a way that you can introduce them to that Christian radio station that, that broadcasts locally, that broadcasts, you know, there in Pennsylvania or in New Jersey or in Maryland or in Tennessee. And you can tell them, hey, this is a great station. I'm going to be on it. And by the way, you should, you should listen to this station because they teach the Bible there. And maybe God will use that in their life to get them listening to Christian radio and transform their heart as they hear his word. It could be an amazing thing. So no matter where you're listening today, we encourage you, tell somebody about this program 
Calvary Live and tell them about your local station, whether that's Grace FM or Hope FM or Truth FM. We also want to greet those who are listening online. So big hello to you as well. We know there are a lot of you who listen on our app, the Grace FM app, which is a totally free app. And we really encourage you, if you haven't done so yet, go over and get it. In that app, you can listen to the channel uh, anytime, anywhere. And there's also some other cool features in there, Bible reading plans, prayer requests, forums, etc. So go ahead and get that app, Grace FM, all one word, and you can just type that in, and it's a free app. And then um, the other thing I would tell you is that you can also listen on your browser. So uh, in your laptop, desktop, at work, wherever, through your browser, you can just go to gracefm.com. You know what's another thing you can do? You can listen on your smart speaker. So if you have one of those speakers that you can talk to, you can tell it, hey, tune in to Calvary Live, and it will do that. So uh, or tune into Grace FM, and it will do that. So we'd love for you to uh, spread the news about those online opportunities as well. Every week, you know, we see just this this whole bunch of people who listen to this show um, who are listening outside of our over-the-air broadcast range, which is really cool. So big greeting to you and you who are listening over the Internet. We want to hear from you, too. So give us a call with your prayer requests and with your Bible questions, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, or text us seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Just a few words about myself. My name is Nick Katie. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I am your host on Calvary Live every Friday. Today I'm filling in for Pastor Jeff Figs, who's away, and so I am happy to be here with you today, taking your calls and texts. Always such a blessing to me personally when I get to talk with so many of you, hear your questions, we get to talk about Jesus, and we get to pray together. Just a great thing that I love doing. Um, again, I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We are a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in this great city, and we would love to have you come and worship with us this Sunday. Uh, we have some great things going on this Sunday, particularly we have a guest speaker this Sunday who is an absolute legend. His name is Wayne Taylor, and Wayne pastored for 41 years in Seattle at a church called Calvary Fellowship, just faithfully teaching the Word, but also engaging in the mission of God. So many churches planted in the Northwest of the United States and into Canada through uh, Wayne and his ministry there in Seattle over those years. But also beyond that, they planted a whole bunch of churches in Russia and in France and in other places around the world. And so Wayne's going to be coming. He's going to be teaching on Sunday morning. We'd love to have you join us for that. Um, but he's also going to be teaching a class tomorrow night at our church. Anyone's welcome to come to that. That's at 6.30 p.m. So you can just show up for that. Wayne will be talking about missions and the stuff that their church did with missions. On Saturday morning, Wayne's going to be doing a men's prayer breakfast, and we'd love to have you join us for that as well. You can find information for all these things as well as directions to our church etc. on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And we would love for you to come out and just be blessed by Pastor Wayne Taylor this coming Sunday. Uh, again, like for, for us who know him, Pastor Wayne is like a living legend and somebody that we really look up to and respect. And so I'd love for you get to be able to be blessed and to hear what God has done through their ministry. And I bet you will be stirred up and encouraged through about what God wants to do in your life as well. So with that, being said, let's go to our first caller, Justin in Longmont, Colorado. Hey, Justin, welcome to the, pro- welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, uh, Pastor Nick. Uh, quick question, I think. Reading Jeremiah twenty nine eleven was really encouraged by that, but then was reading kind of the 
pre, I guess the pre verses before that, Jeremiah specifically, my question is Jeremiah 29, four through seven, I believe. I was just wondering if those verses Babylon were also like for, I guess, like current day believers. Mm. Great question, Justin. And hey, also great way of reading the Bible is to not just take isolated verses, but to read them in their context. And I, I really encourage everybody out there to read whole sections, whole chapters, and and even multiple chapters, right? This is why, you know, our favorite thing to do is teach through books of the Bible, because that prevents us from misunderstanding verses by taking them out of their context. So, you know, verse 11 is very famous. I'll just read it for our listeners' sake. It's this famous verse that says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, this is a great verse, and a lot of people apply this to their lives individually. And I think that's not wrong. I think actually what it says is correct, that this is true both for Israel back at that time as a national entity. It's also true for us today as individuals. But the, the immediate context of this chapter is to the nation of Israel as a collective nation. And the situation they were in was that they were in exile in Babylon, and if you read even some previous chapters, specifically the chapter right before this, what you'll notice is that there was this false prophet, and I'm trying to remember his name, Hananiah, chapter 28. It's like the title of the chapter, if you're reading the Bible that I am. It's called Hananiah the False Prophet. And here's what's so interesting. Hananiah, you know, the people of Israel had been taken into Babylon in exile as a way of God disciplining them as a loving father wanting them to turn away from idolatry and turn back to the Lord. So he allowed this difficulty, which was very difficult, to happen to them. Jerusalem was destroyed, including the temple. The people were taken into Babylon. They lost their autonomy as a nation, and they became subjugated under this very ungodly and often wicked people, the Babylonians. So Hananiah the prophet, he gets up, along with some others, and he says, guys, don't unpack your suitcases, if you will. I want you to just hold your breath because we're going to be out of here anytime soon. God is going to take us home. And so don't get integrated into Babylon. Don't build houses. Don't plant gardens because what's the point of planting a garden if you're going to be out of here pretty soon anyway? To that, Jeremiah says, no, 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 that's not true. This guy's a false prophet. He's giving you a false hope. Now, Hananiah's message was very popular, of course, because everybody wants to be told that God is pleased with them and that, you know, good things are going to happen. Jeremiah says essentially, look, God loves you and he does have good plans for your future and to give you a hope. And yet we're going to be here not for two years. We're going to be here for 70 years. So plant some gardens because you're going to need the food. Build a house rather than just living in a, 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 you know, a lean to or a tent. Build a house, have some kids, settle down, but also Work for the welfare of this place. You're here in exile. These people are wicked, in many cases, to us. But this is what it means to be the people of God in this situation. And there is so much application for this, Justin, in, in our present day. Because here's the thing, you know, the question is, like, should we, you know, invest in the future? If Jesus is coming back, should we, 
you know, shouldn't we just cash out our 401ks and sell our houses and, you know, live in a tent because Jesus could come back next week. On the one hand, it's absolutely true that Jesus could come back next week. And I pray that he does. And I think we should be ready for that, that he could come back even this afternoon. And yet we also want to be those who are wise because we, nobody knows when Jesus is coming back. So we want to build houses, plant gardens, plan for the future and, and think in that way. But the, and, you know, another really important application is how do we live as the people of God in a society that is unwelcoming or unfriendly towards the people of God and towards the word of God? And this is what Jeremiah tells us is seek the welfare of this place, seek to be a blessing, seek to be salt and light amongst this wicked and corrupt generation. As Paul says, if you do that, you will shine like bright lights in this dark world. And we will reflect the light of Jesus, which is our calling as long as we're here. Awesome. Right on. Super uh, comprehensive. I really appreciate it. Um, just one quick, I guess, prayer request then would just kind of be for like the unity of the church. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. Lord, we, we pray for the unity of the church. Lord, we pray that those who are called by your name would be known by their love for each other, not by um, our knowledge about Bible stuff, not by our anything else, but Lord, that we would be known by our love and our unity one for another. And Lord, you prayed for this for us and we pray for it for us as well, that we would really reflect who you are by being unified as a church and by being, um, yeah, loving towards each other. Lord, work that in us. Your, your word says that you have poured out your spirit in our hearts and that by your spirit, you have poured out your love in our hearts. So, Lord, may that manifest itself in unity in the body of Christ. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. Thanks, Pastor Nick. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Justin. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church, taking your calls and texts live on the air today. That was a great call from Justin. We'd love to hear from others of you. Give us a call. We've got one open line right now, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Deborah in North Glen, Colorado. Hi, Deborah. Welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Hi. Nick. Um, I I just just came across your station um, probably a couple weeks ago, and um, I I was talking to your screener and I um, was a Baptist long ago and for quite some time and there was a space in time where I didn't go to church um, and um, later on you know I had been praying to find a church and um, just you know by a chance, um, I feel like God led me to the Catholic Church, and I switched, I converted to Catholicism. But um, the stuff that, the stuff that I've been learning, you know, I, I, I just converted, I would say, probably two and a half years ago or so, but, um, you know, I feel strongly about, you know, being in the, in the Catholic Church, but at the same time, I kind of list, I miss my, like, Baptist background a little bit and you know like I said I came across your station and I've been actually amazed ever since and I've been um you know watching it on YouTube and listening to the radio constantly with all the different pastors and I guess my biggest question is 
how how does one know what is the right church or what is the right religion for them? Um, because it seems like, um, you know, a lot of the stuff, because it's coming from the Bible, I guess, is, is the same, and you hear kind of the same, you know, um, readings, things like that, and, you know, I... Right now, I feel like I'm in the right place, but how do you know that for sure? How do, how do you, you know, when I die, I want to make sure that I did everything the right way. And I know not every single church can be exactly correct. So, so how do you go about, like, really getting to that point where you feel like this is where, what, this is the right thing, that I should be the right religion or the right church? Yeah, I think you would want to look at what that what that church uh, stands for and what that religion teaches. So let's start with the bigger picture, and then we'll come in narrow, okay? So the bigger one would be, how do you know that you're following the right, let's say, religion? Um, I think that that question, that, that's more of the broad question, right? And um, yeah. I think that what makes Christianity unique amongst world religions is that Christianity— um, teaches actually something that is fundamentally opposite of what every other religion in the world teaches. And, and what that does is it actually gives us a lot of clarity about what Christianity is. And, and some people have suggested that it's not even fair to call Christianity a religion because of the fact that in this one way, it is absolutely the opposite of every other religion. And that one way is this. It's the question of how is a person, quote-unquote, saved? Right. Like, so how is a person, what is the goal of this religion? Okay. So let's look at, um, as I said, I, I would think that it actually breaks down into two categories. You have religions that, that all kind of essentially say one thing. And then you have Christianity, which says something different. And that difference is this, um, other religions are essentially telling you, here's what's right and wrong. And here is how to fix what you have done wrong so that you can either balance it out or so that you can earn, you know, this higher state, whatever that higher state of being is, whether it's called heaven or nirvana, etc. And right. every other religion essentially says this. Here's a list of things that you need to do in order to atone for your sins or in order to attain your way to the divine or to that higher right. state of being. Christianity actually teaches something completely opposite of that. Christianity says this. Yes, here is a list of things that are right and things that are wrong. However, no matter what, if you have broken any of these rules, there is, is no way for you to atone for your sins, at least no way that will ever be sufficient. Um, however, God loves you, and he loves you so much that he himself has come and he has made the atonement that you need for you on your behalf. And so then it would also say, say this, that, right. So how do you attain salvation? It would say, well, a salvation has been attained for you. You only receive it by, by faith, which means putting your trust in clinging to, you know, uh, adhering to this truth believing that this is true and uh, appropriating it for your life. So for me, in right. this sense, and this is actually said by, the Paul, by Paul the Apostle in Romans chapter 10, he said, 
you know, it isn't that you need to climb the stairway to heaven to get to God, rather that God has come down to you. And it isn't that you need to plumb the depths of the ocean, but that God has come up to you. In other words, it isn't we who need to find God, but God who has found us. And that's why we call the gospel good news, because we could never do it on our own, but he has done it for us. So for me, that is so fundamentally clear that either what Christianity says is true or it's not. So if it is true, and I believe it is, and we, I could give you more on that, but if it is true, then it's really only, okay, is it Christianity or something else? And I think, like I said, I could give you more on why I believe it's Christianity and why I, I hope that you do too. Um, but it, it be, makes it really clear that there is, there's one way and that Christianity is distinct from all other religions. Okay. To the other question, how do you know which church is true? Well, you want a church, what even Christianity has called the Bible throughout history is they've called it the canon. What a canon is, is it's a ruler. It literally means the measuring stick or, or whatever you would call it, but it's a ruler. You know, how do you know if something is the right size? Well, you measure it against the ruler, right? And so mm -hmm. that's what we have in the Bible. And that's why it's so important that we let the Bible define for us what we need in a church. And so we would say, we don't go to a church to hear the uh, opinions of people. We don't go to a church to hear the uh, traditions of men. Even Jesus criticized the people who made their traditions and elevated their traditions to the level of, of Scripture. Um, he says, no, no, no. What we need is the Word of God, right? That's what has the power to shape our lives. That's what has the authority to speak into our lives. And so I would say you want to find a church that teaches the Bible and teaches the whole Bible. So, so that's, that would be my two cents as far as, as far as that. So the good news is how can we know? Well, we can know because we have the canon or the ruler that tells us if we're on the right track. Okay. Okay. I, I, you know, I guess that's been the, you know, the hardest thing for me because, you know, I just, you know, I feel like, you know, I pray, you know, I prayed for, you know, a long time because I, I, the church that I was in disbanded. And so, you know, I was looking for something. Um, I had gone to a couple of different, you know, churches and I just never felt comfortable. And like I said, you know, I found this church just based on kind of like a, um, a series of events. And I never thought I would find myself in a Catholic church. Um, and, you know, I, I, I started to feel comfortable there, but, you know, I, I guess because, you know, I, I missed, you know, not really missed my Baptist background, but I learned so much more in the Baptist church that, um, you know, then, then, then I definitely know about, you know, the Catholic church, but, um, I, you know, I hear, you know, like I said, I heard, hear your the radio station and i've been listening to it for a while and um it just you know it it warms my heart actually because i you know i listen to it like pretty much nonstop. i listen to all the pastors and i i thoroughly enjoy it um but you know i it just made me think i you know it just made me think about you know am i really doing the right thing am i listening to like what god wants for me and, um, you know, to me, that's the most important thing. I, 
I just, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, I, I read the, the Bible all the time, and I pray, and I just, you know, and I have a daughter that's 14 years old, and I, you know, have her, you know, doing things as well, and I just, I just want to make sure that we're going to get to heaven, basically. Yeah. Well, and, here's, um, the good, here's the good news for you, that you can know that, and, and it doesn't depend, let's say, on what church you go to, it, but it depends on what you uh, believe, right? So the way we receive salvation, yeah. the good news is we don't have to earn it. In fact, we could never earn it, but Jesus has earned it on our behalf, and the way to receive that is through faith, and that just means to trust in and cling to Jesus and what he accomplished. You could put it this way. Believing in Jesus is the opposite of believing in yourself, right? Believing in yourself says, I trust that I have what it takes. And believing in Jesus says, I trust that he had what it took and he accomplished what was needed for me. And those two are very different Uh things. So I would say, regardless of what church you're going to, that's my first important thing that I would want you to see and understand. And the only reason that you should believe me that this is true is because I'm just telling you what the, what the scriptures say. And they say this right. in Romans chapter 10. So I would tell you, go, go read that and take it to heart, you know? Um, but the other, the other thing I would tell you is as far as churches go, I agree with you. I, I want you to be in the right church too. You know, I'll just tell you about myself. I was raised uh, one parent Lutheran, one parent Catholic. And I went to Lutheran school, but we went to Catholic church a lot on Sundays. And when I was 16 years old, I, you know, I was kind of a lapsed Catholic, if you will, or lapsed Lutheran. Either way, I didn't go to church and I didn't really have any kind of uh, desire to do or know anything about God. I met a friend who really challenged me and read to me from Matthew chapter seven, where Jesus says, on the last day, there will be people who say to me, Lord, Lord, you know, we did all these things in your name, you know, um, so here we are. And Jesus will say, but I never knew you. We never had a relationship. And he'll say, go away from me, you workers of evil. And she asked me, is this you? Are you this person who thinks you know so much about God, but you don't know God personally? Like you don't have a relationship with him. Right. And, And that set me on a whole new path. But here's what happened. I mean, that led me to repent, to give my life to the Lord and to, to really receive the gospel and embrace it. But, you know, immediately uh-huh. I started doing what I knew to do, which was go to the Catholic church. But as I was reading my Bible, um, I started to find some things which I believe were contradictory. And so that led me to seeking a different church, which was a church which was really like Bible-based and focused on teaching uh-huh. verse by verse. It happened to be a Calvary Chapel. Interestingly, it wasn't called Calvary Chapel. But uh, here's my thing I would tell you. I would tell you this. Don't, you know, when you're listening to the radio, here's the good thing, is that you can check everything that I say, anything that anybody else says, just check it against the Bible. That's the whole idea of the canon of Scripture. It's the ruler right. by which we see if things are the size that they should be. And so that's also very freeing for me, right? I don't have to make up stuff or tell you the right thing. I mean, in the sense of it's not, it's right, not right. my words. These are, I just tell you what God says. So, well, let me pray for you to okay. have wisdom and then I got to let you go. Cause we've come up to our break. So okay, Lord, I, thank you. Lord, I pray for Deborah and I pray for her daughter. I pray that you by your spirit would lead them into all truth. I pray you'd lead them to a place where they are learning and hearing from you And Lord, thank you that what is needed for our salvation has been accomplished by you 
on the cross and we, we, we can rest in that knowing that it is finished. And so Lord, we, we lift them up to you, ask that you guide them to the right place and Lord, confirm to them the things that they're feeling and learning by the scriptures. And we pray that in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you, Deborah. Thanks for calling in. Right, Have a good day. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Right after the break, we're going to go to Tim in Aurora. Tim's been waiting patiently. And Tim, we're going to get to you right after this. We've also got two open lines, so give us a call. 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. And we'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, about theology, about God, about Jesus, um, about life and from a biblical perspective. And you can also call in with your prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Now let's go to Tim in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Tim. Welcome to the program. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for holding so patiently. Yeah, of course. Um, so me and my girlfriend have been experiencing just a lot of spiritual warfare and everything. Um, we've like built this relationship a lot based on the word and based on like just biblical principles. And I think it's just been like, as we've been getting closer, um, just noticing a lot more just spiritual warfare, like lies of the enemy and everything. Um, and so, yeah, prayers would be really appreciated. Okay, let's do it. Heavenly Father, we lift up Tim to you and his girlfriend. Lord, we pray for them. We thank you that their relationship is founded on you, Lord. What a strong foundation and the, the only and best foundation for any relationship. But Lord, we pray that you would help them, that they would be strong in you, Lord, and in the strength of your might. Lord, we pray that they would put on the whole armor of God, that they would be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Lord, help them to re remember and recognize in the moment as they are facing that warfare that they do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities and principalities and this and over this present darkness, spiritual forces of evil that exist in the heavenly places. So, Lord, I pray that they would take up the whole armor of God and that they would stand in that time of attack. Lord, I pray that you'd help them. They would be girded with the belt of truth, Lord, they would wear that breastplate of righteousness. Lord, that they would take up the shield of faith. Lord, that they would be able to put on the helmet of salvation and that they would wield the sword of the Spirit and they would pray in the Spirit during these times. So I pray that you would guide them and protect them. But Lord, I also pray that you would strengthen them by your strength so that they are able to stand. And Lord, we know that in many cases, you use tests in our lives to strengthen us. And that we actually give thanks for those things, as James says in his letter, that we count it all joy when we face those trials. And Lord, I pray that they would 
as they stand in these things, they ask for strength in them as they fight against these spiritual forces. Lord, I pray that they would also have a source of, or a sense of rejoicing that we get to do this and God is growing us through this. And this is causing us to depend on the Lord and driving us into his arms. And so Lord, I pray that they would be strengthened, that they would also have kind of a sense of, of gratitude for the fact that they are going through this because it's an opportunity to grow and an opportunity for fellowship with you that they wouldn't have had otherwise. So Lord, strengthen them and encourage their hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You bet. Hey, Tim, God bless you. Thanks for calling in. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We've got two open lines. It's a great time to call in. We'll get you on the show pretty quickly. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Call us with your questions about the Bible. Call us with your questions about theology, Christian living, and call us with your questions, uh, or rather, your prayer requests. Uh, We'd love to pray for you. We've got lots of people tuning in and listening who can agree in prayer with us as we pray for your prayer requests. And we would love to hear from you and answer those questions you might have about God and about the Bible. So 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. Let's go to Christopher in Northern Colorado. Hi, Christopher. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. How are you? Doing great. What's up? Um, well, I was just wondering, you know, if someone feels, I actually, I was wondering personally for you, how or when you felt called to be a pastor, um, sort of were people telling you like, Hey, you have these gifts or did you just feel called? Was it something that you knew for a long time? Um, I'm just curious. I've, uh, pretty, you know, I'm, pretty new to the faith. Uh, I was baptized on Easter, actually, and I'm not hey. saying I'm going to be a pastor. Congratulations. Yeah. Sorry. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to be a pastor tomorrow, or maybe never, but I'm just curious. You know, I've, um, in a, I'm in a small group at my church. I actually live right next to Longmont, Colorado. So I'm going to come and check out Whitefields at some point. Maybe we can meet personally. But, um, you know, I, I've been told that, you know, I, I found found out about, like, the spiritual gifts that each of us have when we're born again. And, um, you know, that one way that we're able to find those out is by other people sort of showing us or telling us what they are, um, and how we, you know, present like the Holy Spirit in our lives. So people have just been telling me that I'm a great speaker, um, and in groups and that, you know, I just want to give glory to to God and all that I do. And, you know, like, like I said, I'm not saying that I'm going to be a pastor ever or tomorrow or anything, but I'm just curious how, how or when you felt called and, um, or, how other people sort of go about, you know, that path. So, yeah, that's a great question. And Hey, first of all, congratulations for getting baptized and walking with the Lord and how cool that you have an opportunity to teach in that group. And we'd love to have you. I'd love to meet you sometime in person here at our church. If you're able to come, we'd love to have you. So 
please do. And please come up and say hi. But, um, yeah, so for me, you know, it really began in this way that you could put it this way. A lot of people actually, there's somewhat of a debate and you may not know this or maybe you do, but there's somewhat of a debate over the question of is pastor a title or is it a uh-huh. verb, right? Because we know that overseer is a title that's given in the Bible, um, but is pastor a title or is it a verb? Meaning is pastoring something that some people do? Or is pastor who some people are? And I would say the answer is both. I think that it is both a verb and a noun in the Bible. Um, But, you know, the word pastor, by the way, is the Greek word for shepherd. So it it is a verb, right? Shepherding is a verb. And so, but it can also be a noun, right? You can be a shepherd as a noun. And so for me, the way that it happened is that as I, when I got saved, you know, I just, I was so overwhelmed by the idea that God loved me and that God uh, would sacrifice himself for me and come seeking after me that I really wanted to share that with a lot of other people. And so I immediately just got involved in some kind of initiatives with myself and some people that I became friends with at my church when I was 16, 17 years old. Uh, We started this outreach ministry in downtown Denver and we would go down there, hand out food, talk with people about Jesus, hand out Bibles. And I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed getting involved in the church and I found that I just enjoyed helping people, you know, to move from where they were to where God wanted them to be. And Uh so I I found myself drawn to this thing. I thought, you know, if I've got one life to live, if my life is a candle, then I want my candle to be spent burning in the darkest place possible, right? I want to use my life for the Lord because, Mm -hmm. you know, there are a lot of other important things you could do and a lot of things you can do for the Lord. But for me, I felt like I want my life to be useful. And you know what's interesting? For a long time, I really thought that I wasn't called to be a pastor, but that I was just I just wanted to serve the Lord in the marketplace, in the workplace. And uh-huh. because I felt that I could actually meet more people in those places who needed to hear about the Lord. Um, but what I realized is that, you know, the way that God had gifted me, like you talked about, was as a teacher and as as somebody who was uh, able to to help people learn things about his word. And so I was actually able to equip people. So I think that's, that's the really interesting thing is that the role of being a pastor, according to Ephesians four is really focused on equipping other people to, to move into their callings from God. And so I was excited to do that. And I just found myself doing it. And I was in a church, uh, in Hungary, you know, I was, I was there as a missionary and I was Uh there just serving and didn't really have an aspiration to be a pastor, to be honest. But what happened is that I started realizing that in many cases I was shepherding people and I, I loved doing it and they were growing as a result. And so that calling was affirmed by other people who said, you know what, we see this in you. And I was, I had a, a pastor who kind of took me under his wing early on. This is even right before I moved to Hungary, kind of put his hand on my shoulder and said, Hey, we're doing this class that kind of prepares people, you know, for preaching. And I think you should go to it because I think God might have a calling on your life. And if that person hadn't seen that in me, I certainly wasn't seeing it in myself. Um, But after they did do that, you know, I, I began to see, okay, actually maybe that person was right. And they saw something in me that, that really is there. And so, you know, I, I just kind of walk step by step into it. I think that 
anytime I meet somebody who has a big aspiration to be a pastor, uh, I, it's a little bit of a red flag. It's a little bit concerning uh -huh. to me. I, I think that it's a good thing to aspire to the office of overseer. That's what Paul told Timothy. And yet, um, why? Why are you doing it? If, you're, if your motivation is because I love God and I love people and I want to be used by God to help people, man, that's exactly it right there. But if your aspiration is, I like it when people listen to me talk or I want right, to have right. you know, this attention. I've seen a lot of people do it for the wrong reason, I guess is my point. And it's, if it's ever about you as a person and wanting to do something for yourself to feel fulfilled, I think that's the wrong reason. But I think that if it's because you love people and this is a way for you to love them and help them into what God has for their lives, I think that that's a beautiful reason. And I think that's what you're looking for. I've also appointed a few pastors, you know, over the years. And I tend to um, find that the people who make the best pastors are the people who don't necessarily uh, aspire to it, but yeah. they certainly understand that this is a good thing and a way to serve people. Right. Um, I appreciate all that. And, you know, I know, you know, you can, I can serve the Lord in a million ways in everything that I do. Um, and, you know, just by, and, 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 you know, it's not by my works that I'm saved, you know, it's through, through faith and, um, you know, he could care less about works that if I'm a pastor or if I'm scrubbing toilets at my church, it doesn't really matter to, to him, you know, um, and I don't need to do something big and bold to be seen by him because he's, I'm already, you know, adored by him and, uh, loved more than I could ever know. And, it's just, um, just fascinating, and and then it, it just seems kind of um, interesting. Like, you know, I'm getting more involved in my church. I go to LifeBridge uh, mm. in Longmont. I don't know if you're familiar, but I am. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, so you know, I'm getting involved there. I'm I'm a recovering addict, um, and. Um, you know, I got clean. I didn't know who it was at the time by a higher power. And, you know, I, I've just been seeking God my whole life, and I've just been so thirsty. And, you know, finally, um, you know, I'm, my thirst is quenched, but, it, but, it's, but I still have, like, a thirst for more. And, uh, and I want to share that with people. Um, so even, even if that's just leading, like, a Bible study or not even leading, just being in, I really want to be involved in, um, like I said, I'm not saying that I'm going to be a pastor ever or anything. My, my grandma always jokes when, even when I was in my active addiction, when I was living with her, she said that she's like, just watch, just give it time. Someday you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to go to seminary and be a pastor. And I would just like laugh and, you know, she's not far off. And, uh, so I don't know. It's just, just interesting and i was just curious a little bit of you know your background i've listened to you a lot and i'm interested in coming to whitefield and was just hoping maybe that uh might be interesting to other listeners too just oh i think uh, so yeah and, and let me let me tell you two things real quick before we before we end this call uh one thing is charles spurgeon you know famous preacher from the 1800s he used to train a lot of pastors 
And uh, one of the things that he would always tell them is he said, look, if you can do anything else with your life, then do it. Basically what he's, what he means by that is understand that this is, this, there's some difficulty to this calling. And I would agree with that. I think that, that it's a difficult calling in many ways. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of pain that comes with this role of being a pastor. Um, but his point was also this, if you feel that I can't do anything else, like kind of like Paul, the apostle said, like, woe to me, if I don't do this, um, then he said, then you should do it. And so I think that's good. And the second thing I want to tell you is this, that, um, here at our church, we've, we've done a couple of things. We really want to be a church that helps people grow into their callings. And so we do two things here, and this is for your sake and for all of our other listeners just to know about. One thing is we started this thing called the School of Ministry. Well, we call it School of Ministry. We actually changed the name. I, I, I was part of the, the first version when we called it that. So the, that what we've changed the name to is Bible Learning Center. And part of our goal with this is also we, we are praying that God would raise up some pastors from amongst our congregation for us to send out. The other thing we're doing is that we're starting an internship program for people who feel called to pastoral ministry. And so if that's interesting to you or to anybody else out there, I'd love to share more about it and uh, maybe just email us if you're interested or come on a Sunday morning and talk to me. But for those of you who aren't able to come on a Sunday morning, email us at info at whitefieldschurch.com. And, you know, if anybody is able to come on a Sunday morning and just wants to uh, say hi and hear more about our vision for that. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about it. Awesome. So. Well, I, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, hopefully we can meet soon. I hope so. Christopher, God bless you. Let me pray for you and then I'm going to let you go. So okay. Heavenly Father, pray for Christopher. I just ask, Lord, that you would reveal to him what it is that you have for his life, how you would like him to serve you, and if this is the calling you have for him or if you have gifts of teaching and leadership that you want him to use in any other capacity. Lord, may he be a penny in your pocket that you can spend wherever and however it pleases you best. But Lord, if that is in the realm of leadership or pastoring even, Lord, lead him into that and equip him with what he needs to do it. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You bet. God bless you, Christopher. I look forward to meeting you sometime. Likewise. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air today. Let's go to our next caller, Lewis in Pennsylvania. Hi, Lewis. Welcome to the program. God bless. How you doing? Doing great. What's up? I got I got It's like a real long question, but um, I've been serving the Lord. I was saved in 98. And since then, I backslidden a couple times. Um i reconciled now for over a year and a half. I've been fellowshipping at the church I'm at now. Um, you know, they're always telling me that they see the calling in my life. They want me, you know, to be part of the leadership and this and that. But I've always struggled with this. Sometimes, you know, when I get in these drought seasons where I struggle with prayer and, and, and studying and just because I get hit with these, I got a lot of health issues that, that I've been struggling with and the doctors are confused with so sometimes i wonder you know i wonder am i saved because sometimes i doubt my salvation just because of my struggles or what i'm going through and and i just want to know why i struggle with that and how to get over that hump yeah you know as to why you struggle with it i think there's maybe two reasons the one reason is going to be because 
there is a enemy of your soul who is throwing darts at you, fiery darts, right? And that's his whole thing is that he wants to drag you down. It's like when, you know, when you're at the pool in the summer and somebody pushes somebody into the pool, well, what does that guy do as he's falling backwards into the pool? He starts reaching out and grabbing as many people as he can to drag them in with him. Because if he's going in, he wants to take some people with him. And that's the same thing that Satan's doing with us, right? He knows what his destiny is and he's wanting to take as many people down with him as he can. And so he's the, the, the one who accuses us. He's called that name, the accuser of the brethren. And he's accusing you, but you have an advocate before the Father. That's Jesus, right? And so yes. on the one hand, you have this, this guy who is a liar and is an accuser. And so he's going to be wanting to make you feel in accusing you uh, and bringing up your, your past mistakes or even your current mistakes and holding them against you. But the other reason why you would doubt your salvation would have to do with, with what you believe about how you are saved and how, you know, what saves you. And if you believe that it is Jesus who saves you, here's what I would tell you. If you didn't earn your salvation, then you're not going to be able to lose it, right? If you didn't earn your salvation with your good works, you're not going to lose it with your bad works. It's Jesus who saved you and who holds you in his hand. And here's the good news about about this is that the words the Bible uses for salvation, they're words like he says that he sealed you with the promised Holy Spirit. He has adopted you as his child, right? So think about this. Does it ever say in the Bible that he unadopts you or that he unseals you? We never read those kinds of terms, right? So to uh, have done those things and to still sin, here's the question. If you have become a new creation in Christ, right? You've, you've changed from being, let's say you were a pig and now you're a sheep, right? So if that's taken place, then when you sin, are you reverting back into being a pig? Like you're no longer a new creation? You, you've suddenly changed into an old creation? Or are you rather a sheep who did some things that sheep, sheep shouldn't do, right? Like you made some mistakes. So there's a big difference between the two. In other words, a pig and a sheep both fall in the mud sometimes. They both go in the mud sometimes. But the pig goes looking for the mud. They wake up dreaming about the mud. The sheep, on the other hand, sometimes falls in the mud, but that's not what they want. It's not what they're looking for, desiring. And so I would tell you this, that to have a high view of Jesus is to say, it's not me who earned my salvation, and therefore it's not me who can unearn my salvation. Right? And so, so those would be my two points. There's an accuser, but with the accuser, we have an advocate. And who are you going to listen to? You're going to listen to the accuser or you're going to listen to the advocate? I'd encourage you to listen to the advocate. Number two, because you didn't earn your salvation, you also aren't going to be the one to unearn it. Right. Yeah, it's just, I just, I hate struggling with that sometimes. Like, it's so, it gets me, like, depressed, and then, then I'll be, you know, my health issues, and I get scared of dying, and... I'm tired of being that way. I just want to have peace finally and, and, and not struggle with this no more. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I'll tell you this, that, you know, there are some, some passages in the Bible that speak to people and would, would give them warning, right? To say, hey, make sure that you really are in the faith. And I think that's a good message for all of us. All of us need to make sure that we really are in the faith. Like when we sin, we really need to question, am I really in the faith? 
right? Is this indicative of the fact that I'm not saved? Or is this indicative of the fact that I'm saved and yet there are still sinful tendencies in me that God wants to work out through the process of sanctification by his spirit working inside of me to transform me from the inside out? And so I think that's a good question to ask, you know, are you really in the faith? That's not a bad question to ask. I wouldn't want to tell anybody out there to make, just try and uh, ignore that question or, or sweep those feelings under the carpet. But yeah, and I really struggle with them. I want to know, how do I know? Like, cause some days I feel like, but a lot of times I feel like I'm not. And I, that's when fear grips me and it torments me. Mm. Here, here's my question for you. Lewis, do you believe that what Jesus accomplished on the cross was enough for your sins yes. to be forgiven? You do? Yes, but, are, are you yeah, trusting in yourself for your salvation or are you trusting in Jesus? Because if you're trusting in Jesus, then I'm going to tell you that even when those waves of fear and doubt come, then you speak against those and you say, you know, that this is not the words of God speaking to me. The words of God speaking to me, if I'm in Christ, he's speaking to me these words. Uh, you are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Doesn't mean that he's pleased with all your actions, but he's pleased with you because you're in Christ. And it's from that point of knowing that God loves you and is for you that you can take his hand and walk out of those sinful behaviors with him. Right? And so that, that would be my question for you. Do you believe those things? Because that is what it takes to be saved. Yeah, I believe I do. I, and the reason is, um, I think another reason is I came out of, when I first got saved in, in a backslid was because I was <clears throat> basically in a legalistic church, you know, with all these rules and if you don't dress a certain way, and do certain things, you know, you're not saved. And I think though, even though I've moved on from somewhere like that and, 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 um, come understand that there's nothing I can do to be saved. I think that being in that, that, in that background for so long, may be one of the issues with it too. But I do ask that question. Am I really in the faith? Cause I pray, I study, but then I get in these dry moments and, but I should not fear because the Bible says that the righteous shall live by faith. And, and sometimes I feel I'm not living by faith. Yeah. But you know, that verse is such an interesting one because it's read in three ways, right? The righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith and the righteous shall live by faith. Right. And the three different ways of reading that verse are going to be applied in your life at different times in your life. And so I just want to encourage you, what you're struggling with right now is that the righteousness part, right? And yeah. so I just want to encourage you that your righteousness is in Christ. That's the good news of the gospel. If you believe in him. Now, again, that's a caveat that's super important, right? So here's what it comes down to. Do you believe? And you're telling me that you do. I have no reason to doubt you. And so what you say is that I believe and therefore you are saved. And it's from that position of being saved and being a child of God and having the Holy Spirit within you that now God is going to strengthen you and help you to walk into that calling he has on your life to be his child. So I just want to encourage you, you know, when you, when the accuser comes and says, you're not doing enough, you're not being enough, you messed up here, you messed up there, you remind him, hey, you, you need to know this. Uh, I'm a child of God, right? And he, he loves me. I'm in Christ. That's such, such cool news in Romans chapter 8, right? That 
We are in Christ, and because we are in Christ, he has placed his Holy Spirit in us. That spirit is a guarantee. You know, a guarantee. You know, I used this example just recently. I, I really would love to share with you some of my teachings from my church because I've been teaching on this subject recently. I would tell you, go to my church's website, check it out, because I've got some messages where I talked about this just recently uh, in the series I did on the Holy Spirit over the last five weeks. It's whitefieldschurch.com is the website, whitefieldschurch.com. And I have this one where I told this story about how I adopted our adopted son. We adopted him as a teenager. But the thing about adoption is that now that he's legally part of our family, what that does, it gives him a security that knows that even if he messes up, he's still going to be part of our family, right? When he was a foster kid, which is we adopted him out of foster care. When he was a foster kid, if he messed up, there was a threat that we might not keep him. But now that he's adopted, even if he messes up, he's still part of our family and he will be forever. And so um, that would be my encouragement to you is really know the grace of God. Know what it means to be in Christ and hidden. Your life is hidden in him, is what Paul says. I have to let you go right now, but let me pray for you. Lord, I bless Lewis, and I just ask, Lord, give him confidence in you, Lord, and help him to process the feelings he has in light of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Got to let you go, Lewis. We've come to the end of our show. Hey, everybody, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church. We'd love to have you join us this Sunday. Uh, and we'd love to have you. We have a guest speaker, Pastor Wayne Taylor, absolute legend. Come join us this Sunday. Find us online, whitefieldschurch.com. I'll be with you again on Friday here on Calvary Live, but tune in every weekday, 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time. God bless you. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.